morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning, and welcome back. Uh, welcome back to another Porsche Cool Podcast, a podcast where we chat about, talk about all things Porsche. Um, Steve's here already because we're kind of a bit all over the place today. Hi, Steve. Hi, mate. How are you going? I was just saying I was trying to stay quiet and not interrupt your um, radio announcer-like intro. Yeah, normally I do a much longer intro, but it's it's very short today. <laughs> I did actually do one. I did actually try to do one before we um, before we hooked up on Zoom, but it didn't really work out, so I deleted it. <laughs> yeah, so. This is Friday's episode. You already know that because you're listening to it on a Friday. Steve and I, as, as I said before, we don't record this on Friday. We're recording this on a Wednesday. Oh, it's Wednesday morning here in London. Gloomy, gloomy morning. We're so organised. Yeah, we're so organised. We're always doing it. I've actually had a bit of a. Um, oh, if you haven't been to the podcast already, I should always say this at the beginning, and I know a lot of you guys have. My name is Michael Bath. Steve is on the other line from <laughs> Sydney. I'm in London, usually in Bahrain. Uh, and we have two episodes of the Porsche Cool podcast. We have this one, which goes up on a Friday. And we have the uh, Porsche Cool Owner Stories, which is getting up there in numbers, Steve. Uh, that comes mm. up on a Tuesday. And this week's episode uh, went up and we had, uh, I had Paul. And Paul was, from, um, Paul was from Auckland in New Zealand, which was a really good story. Um, it's good. It's really good. I enjoyed it. Paul sounds like a um, nice, really nice bloke. Very... Um, very lucky in his um, Porsche car ownership. And yeah, he had he's some, got oh, just interesting mm, things to say too about some of the some of the cars that he's owned. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about his stories. We'll, we'll talk about him actually. We'll talk about his story in a bit in depth. But just before we mm. get into that, Steve. Um, mm. Yeah, so I've been I've been recording owner stories this week. Uh, I've done uh, I did Paul, uh, which has already gone up, which you guys have already heard. Uh, I did. Um, Mark in Melbourne. I have to remember. I'm so sorry. My memory this morning is terrible. I was just saying that to Steve before. I'm getting confused with names and, and remembering things this morning. I had Mark from uh, Perth. Sorry, not Melbourne. Mark from Perth. And Mark's got the 356. So that's coming up. If you're interested in 356s, that's next week's owner's story. David from Melbourne um, will be the week after that. And he is first owner. He's got a really good story, David, actually. It's, it's like... If you've been waiting for a long time, and I know I've spoken to people with on my YouTube channel who are in the same situation, you know, you, you keep thinking you're going to get one and then something happens and it falls through, Steve, and then, you know, years passed and then you eventually you eventually buy one and then, you know, your excitement, you know, the... the I don't that know. It's driving me mental. I don't think I could wait years. <laughs> well, actually years, actually years. And yeah, David's, I don't think I could do it. I'd have to cap myself before that would happen. I mean... Yeah, I mean, this is what I like about owner stories, though, and I've said this before. It's yeah. like it's not about, and I know people have been contacting me saying, "Oh, is this is this going to be okay? You know, are people going to be interested?" And it's like, hmm. I'm interested. Do you know what I mean? Like, I like how we've got the the, the variety in the owner stories. You know what I mean? It's great to have people yeah. on like Paul who have owned a lot of cars and who you know know about Porsche. I mean, Paul, uh, you know, in this week's episode is the is the uh, president of the Porsche Club in New Zealand. You know, he's been he's grown up with Porsches. That's a great story. I like that story as well. But I also like the story where someone has been struggling to get a car. They've been waiting for years and they get one. I'm not struggling, but, you know, things in life come up yeah, and sure. you get one, Steve. Yeah. And, you know, and David's enthusiasm and the love of Porsche is just as strong as anyone's. And it's and that's a really good story. And that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. um, then I have another, uh, I think I can mention his name because I think he said he'll definitely come on it. I have Nick who's coming on from the UK. Um, well, he is now. Nick is involved in classic cars, I think. 
I think he has a few classic cars. I'm not 100% sure, Nick. Sorry if you're listening and I'm incorrect. But Nick has just uh, bought a 912 uh, and he's imported mm-hmm. it from the US. It took a long time to arrive. It arrived a couple of weeks ago. He reached out to me and we were chatting on Instagram one night. Um, mm-hmm. So I've asked Paul, uh, Paul see, see what's happening this morning? I keep... I keep changing names. I don't know what's wrong with me. Sorry, guys. Nick is going to come on and talk about the 912, the buying process, getting the getting the 912 to the UK, uh, the costs involved and what he was looking for. I mean, he seems to have found a really, really good one. So that's mm-hmm. going to be another good story. And I'm interested because of my interest in the 912. So I'm interested in um, chatting to him about that. So mm-hmm. we've got some good ones coming up, Steve. And I'm not going to mention everyone else that's waiting, but there's a lot of other people who are waiting to come on. Uh, and um, so that will be... That would be uh, that's going to be really good. So that's coming up in the next uh, months, I guess, because I think I seriously have another five or six people that I haven't actually scheduled yet. So probably more cool. actually. So it's it's all happening, Steve. It's all happening. Hmm. Um, cool. What's been happening? What's been happening with you? Mm. I need to stop talking for a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not a great deal. I went for a early Sunday morning drive with my mate who bought his new. New to him, GT3. Yep. Um, that was mad fun, actually. Um, we met up at 6.30 and um, his um, father-in-law um, joined us on a sports bike. I know nothing about motorbikes. I know they look and sound cool, but um, I don't really know a hell of a lot. But um, he rolled up on a BMW 1000R, is it? Or is it a 1000S? Does that... Does that yeah. Is it one thousand R? I think yeah, I know the I know the bike you mean. It's the sort of pinnacle of the sport bike BMW range, it's, which competed with all the Japanese Japanese bikes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a nice um, looking bike, actually. Yeah, very nice looking bike. What color was too. What livery did he have on it? What was the color? White with the um, sort of M Sport kind of colors. That yeah, tri so colors. Really, really nice one. It's not a. It's an expensive bike in Australia. I think it's a. I think it's close to thirty thousand Australian dollars that bike. I could be yeah, wrong, or right. middle twenty five, maybe twenty five thousand Australian dollars. It's not a cheap bike. Yeah, I had a mate that had a what is it a one eleven ninety nine Panigale Ducati. Um, yeah, yeah. your mate's Panigale, which was parked in our building once in in yeah, Sydney. Yeah. That's a very beautiful bike. That's a that was even know, more expensive than that, right? Yeah, that's more expensive. The the Panigales are more expensive, I think. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, so we went for a drive up um, up sort of towards the central coast, sort of up the old Pacific Highway on some roads that I think I may have kind of been on before, but I hadn't done it in the actual kind of loop um, that my mate and his father-in-law, I think they obviously do it quite regularly. Right. Um, and it was great. Really fun. Um, yeah, just so the listeners really, know this, Steve, um, the old hmm. Pacific Highway is outside of Sydney. It's going north. Um, towards uh, up the north coast of, of Australia um, and yep. it's close to Sydney. It's close to the northern suburbs of Sydney. Um, and Steve and I drive that road and we stop at a certain point because basically we have no idea where we're going. We probably should just pull out a map and look that we can cut in somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, or we something. got lost once, remember that? Yeah, we got but, lost um, once and then I think you can cut in and I think, doesn't it cut into the Putty Road sort of thing somewhere in there? Doesn't it like loop around Well, it joins up at Wallenby, which is sort of where my mate wanted to kind of uh, fully go, but we started to run out of time and um, his father-in-law had to kind of bail out and then I sort of had to bail out as well. Um, uh, 
but um, yeah, there's some really good roads. Like um, where we stop, we really need to kind of keep going. And then uh, instead of turning left back in where you think that you're, um, if you kind of follow the signs, you actually turn right. I was actually just trying to um, write it all out. So the next time we kind of go, um, we can yeah, try to we, mimic it. We do a U-turn. We do a, Steve and I do a U-turn at the... There's a there's a the end section of the road and people from Australia will know what we're talking about where the road splits and we normally it's a Calgary do an, interchange yeah Calgary interchange I think it's called and we normally do a U turn there I know you can go further towards the central coast and I know a lot of people when they drive to the central coast um, and I guess I should do this when I go and see my family because my family are on the central coast hmm. you can go the old pack and then you can go around you know through the entrance and then back around that way because I always see a lot of bikes there when I'm driving over to my brothers. Um, hmm motorbikes and stuff like that especially on the weekends you see people who are doing obviously doing that loop uh, i think they come i think they come old pacific highway steve then they go into hmm. the entrance or they go through the back of gosford and then they go into the entrance and then when they come out they come out at the intersection which is near where my parents house is and then you cut straight across and you go in a little bit it's not freeman's waterhole but it's kind of in that direction where it's sort of maitland-ish and you go around the back way and then yeah, when you and then when I you come back around the, the back thing. way through the back of what they call Maitland in Newcastle in, in New South Wales, but I think it cuts through Freeman's Waterhole and and then I think that's Wollombi and then you come back around. Um, I think it comes back around to, to part of that road when we went on Old Putty Road, doesn't it? It's kind of that same sort of area if you want to do a really long drive. It does join drive. up, yeah. But you got like it's kind of going through Summersby and Kalnara, 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 um, yeah. And so through the kind of mangrove, central mangrove sort yeah, of mangrove area. forest, mangrove mountain and stuff, um, isn't it? Yeah. I think I think that's a that's a drive. I think I've seen that possibly Porsche Club in New South Wales do the Wollombi Wollombi Drive, isn't it? I, I see that come up on something when they say they go via Wollombi or whatever it's called, if that's how you pronounce it. I always thought that that was the pu- the Putty Road one that Is we it? did when you were here last oh, year, okay. but um, it all it, it joins up. It joins up. I don't know what I'm talking um, about. Look, so it was pretty cool. I was kind of weird following what basically was like the doppelganger of my car. Um, is your so mate's sort of GT3? Following all my GT3. Is it an 07 or an 08? I forgot. I couldn't remember what you said last week. Mm, I think it's an 07. Um, yeah, I think it's an 07. And yours is an 08, um, right? Mm, yeah, I think so. Yep. But there's nothing really, the diff- there's no difference between an 07 no and an 08? No. No. The only changes are um, when you kind of get from Gen 1 to Gen 2 sort of thing. So how was it? Um, how did it look? Yeah, his car's good. Um, you know, like um, I was a little bit nervous for him, same way I kind of felt, because like when you haven't sort of seen the actual car that you're buying and it's a significant um, amount of money and all of that sort of stuff, um, you know, you're always kind of going, oh, this could be a bit sketch. Um but as we were discussing last podcast, you know, realistically, if it's a good car, then all it means is that you're just going to pay a little bit more money if there's some stuff to fix up. But um, it's in good, it's in really good nick. The paint's good. Um, you know, um, a mate sort of said that he thought that there was a little rattle in the um, front left strut, but I kind of had said, I sent him something that was actually in a Porsche manual, which was basically outlining that there's all these kind of weird noises like you get creaks from the um the springs and you know um groans from this and that and everything else so um 
Has he taken it? Uh, has he taken it to Porsche to get it looked over to get it? Has he had a service done on it? Because last week you said no. that the guy that he bought it from was tracking it in Bathurst. Um, hmm. So the car was the car in a better condition than you thought it would be because it has been tracked. Were you expecting that it had um, some stone chips and stuff because it had been tracked? And no, gravel and gravel rash around in the wheel arches, the gravel rash in the wheel arches. You know how you so, told me yours had a mark once, and you said, "Oh, that's because the guy might have tracked it beforehand or something." Didn't you tell me? Yeah. That about so your okay. Car? Uh, comparatively, um, his car, like mine, has sort of been used on the track, which I think you know, like if you if you're honest, most GT3s probably will. So, you know, I know when I was sort of searching for mine, um, most people kind of said it's a bit unrealistic to kind of try to find a GT3 that hasn't been to the track because yeah. well, 997 we're talking. I'm assuming maybe 991s and the later that they kind of went on, maybe they're not quite so track-oriented. Like they're capable in a track, but maybe the kind of um, customers are maybe less inclined. Um, so by comparison, his paintwork's better than mine. Um, there really? wasn't this sort of sandblasting and the, the gravel rush um, which I've kind of got on the inside of my the wheel art, just like you just kind of mentioned. Um, the front of his car sort of had a bit of PPF on it, which is looking a bit tatty. Um, and I tatty think he's considering it's gone yellow off. or it's coming off. Um, it's just it's not the best um, job in terms of it's rather than sort of being one piece and kind of stretched around everything. It's sort of cut in many sort of panels and sections. Oh, really? So I think it's kind of lifting on the edges a little bit and stuff like that. But you think the previous owner did that himself because he wanted to protect it for the track? I'd say so. I'd say so. Like if, if I was going to spend a lot of time on the track, um, I would wrap my car as well. Um, so is your mate going to take that off and get it done more professionally or is he going to leave the wrap on, the PPF on? Not sure. Um, I think he suggested that he might peel it off. Or he's No, he, he said to me that it was looking a bit tatty and I said, just peel it off. Um, and then, you know, like it, the paint underneath should be really good and then it's kind of up to him whether or not he wants to rewrap it. Um, yeah. I think do. certainly he could have it rewrapped um, better than um, um, the job that's been done in, to my eyes. But So is, um, he, is he getting a, f- a full service on it? Is he taking it in to get checked? Because, you know... I don't know. Um, he wasn't. I sort of suggested that, like, look, if that was me, or I'm assuming you, um, that's probably one of the first things that I would first do. Thing, um, yeah, get the yeah, oil changed. But, um, yeah, he said that the previous owner would get it, got the car serviced every thousand kilometres, which is, you know, I'm assuming um, diligent kind of track person sort of service um scheduling as well i don't even um, do that do you do that when i don't get my car serviced every thousand kilometers once a year you but don't, not it's not a thousand you don't kilometers. track it you don't, I don't track, track it, it yeah so. it, it, you know it, it's interesting though isn't it i mean the more people i'm mm. getting on owner stories the more people who you know do actually track their car you know what i mean um paul mm. paul mm. tracks his gts um you know obviously james has got track cars um you know like more and more people um a lot of people track their cars, you know. So I guess you're right. It's if you're, if you're going to buy, the brand. yeah, and if you're going to buy a GT car, but maybe it's not even a GT car. Even if you're going to buy a GTS, you know, oh, maybe yeah. it has been tracked. And people don't seem to. I don't think most people would think of asking the question about a GTS has it been tracked, but it could have been tracked. Um, yeah. But you don't think it's a bad thing if a car's been tracked, right? It's not. Not know, if it's, it's a been bit looked of a, after properly. Yeah. That my so my basic understanding of it is that um, call it a, call it a GT three like. 
you can inevitably expect that it probably has spent some time on a track. As long as like all the kind of really common things is like, um, ideally, yes, maybe it is wrapped in PPF because you are more prone to kind of stone chips and stuff like that. Um, as long as it's had regular brake um, fluid changes and oil changes and all of that sort of stuff. As long as the car's been kind of cooled down after like, you know, doing some kind of proper laps and all that sort of stuff. Like that, that is the heritage of the brand. They're supposed to be kind of be the, the absolute classic thing of you can drive to the track, put it on the track, enjoy it, and then drive it home again. And it's reliable and it will actually function rather than sort of being trailered and stuff. So, um, you know, like I, was, I guess I was sort of implying, maybe these days, like GT3 owners maybe aren't um, sort of so track oriented. Hence, like what um, Paul in New Zealand was kind of saying um, about the non nine nine six point two GT three, yeah, where he sort of felt like it was a bit too rough for the road, but really great on the track. Yeah, um, I'd hazard a guess that maybe kind of like the newer cars. Uh, maybe you're taking less to sort of tracks than um, the older days, like in 996s and 997s. Yeah, you're probably right, um, isn't it? It's like changing. Like maybe yeah. even in the maybe with you think even people with within the 70s and 80s with their Porsches were taking them to the tracks mm. pre GTs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were right, so it was a thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just become. I don't know. It, it, have have and I don't want to be upset anyone, but have people become too fussy with their cars? Is that is that what has happened? It's become instead of being a driving experience, has it become more of a show-off thing? And let's be honest, the GT cars, yeah. you know, when you see them on Instagram and that, they're, they're a little bit of a show-off thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, and there's a few yeah. people. There's a it's few a bit people more of a status thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's about putting the PPF on to keep it completely immaculate and, you know, um, and not really using it, like you said, to its full potential. And I think you, it, it's exactly what you said, Stephen. You, you forget about that. That's what Porsches are known for. It's like, you know, track to the road, you know, it's... Mm. You know, it's a one sort of type of car, and it doesn't have to be a GT car to take it to the track. That's the other thing. That's no, why I thought it was good how yeah, Paul's taking his GT. And you know, the picture that one of the pictures that images that Paul sent me for the for my mm. Instagram to, to promote the um, podcast is him on the track with his GTS. I think that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and like, you know, I'm sort of contradicting myself because I'm. I yeah, sort of feel like I really should kind of <laughs> go to the track, and I've been invited. I've said it that many times. I've been invited out, you know, by. Waterhouse and various, like in the old days, like when I worked on car accounts, um, all of that sort of stuff. And I just sort of never did it because I think I was just very nervous and conservative. Um, even my mate, now that he's kind of got his, um, he's super keen to go and get some um, driver training. He has done track days on his bike. Um, he had, I think he had tracked his 964 a tiny little bit as well. So I know he's dead keen to kind of, um, you know, go out and make the most of it. And I'm sure he's going to buzz me and sort of say, you know, come come along kind of thing. But I think that's great that you have someone else mm. in a GT3. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'm waiting for you, mate. For, you're waiting for me. I know you're waiting <laughs> for a long time. Um, but hang on, I want to get to something. Are you, do you yeah. think the reason why you don't want to go to the track though is not, you know, because, you know, as people know, you know, you're not, you don't put posts, pictures on your Instagram, you're a private person. Um, you mm. know, do you think it's because of that? Or do you think it's because no. in the back of your mind, you're worried about your car getting chipped, damaged, uh, marked? No, I'm not. Would you rather have like about... a, would you rather have like a beat up, you know, wrecked 996 or GT3, like what James bought in Melbourne, you pick up one and, and you use that as a track car. Would that make you feel better? Mm, 
interesting question. I haven't really thought about it that hard and I don't have the funds to kind of have like a beat up, you know, like Boxster or Cayman to kind of, you know, like we were talking about however long ago that was. Yeah. Um, I think I would feel better with that though. I, I think personally, if I had my GT3, I'd be, hmm. you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a wuss as they call in Australia, but I, I don't yeah. think I would like to take it to the track. I think what I would do though, Steve, is I would get hmm. maybe more involved with Porsche clubs, you know, New South Wales or whatever, you know, the things they have, the motorcanas and those things. Maybe they're kind of track days, but they're not really, I guess, are they? I don't know, you know, the things that Porsche Club yeah, yeah, I know events, what you're saying. yeah, um, those sort of things, but a full track day where you're really like pushing it. And I know that um, uh, that's Nick in Melbourne who had the YGT3 like yours, who I chat to on Instagram yes. every now and again, architect driving on Instagram. Um, yep. I know he did a lot of track days, you know, and, and people do it and people, enjoy, and it, you know, it's obviously a lot of fun. It's obviously a lot oh, of absolutely. fun. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. But no, I, I think, think I'd be a bit look, scared. I think I'd be a bit scared about my car. I don't know, I'm a bit precious. I'm not necessarily scared of binning it because I don't think, I reckon I wouldn't be so loony to kind of, you know, I think you have to kind of make a fairly monstrous mistake to kind of, you know, truly kind of bin your car. Um, You probably, it wouldn't be until you get sort of fully enthusiastic and then you're sort of really trying to kind of beat your own times or whatever that you're going to get yourself in that sort of situation. Like particularly in Sydney, you've only really got like... um, what was Eastern Creek, like Sydney Motorsport Park, and I'm sure there's tons of runoff, so... No, but someone um, told me a track to go to. Was it Wakefield Park? Wakefield, yeah. Yeah, Wakefield, and to do these so sh- track days. I think David told me that, actually, David in Sydney. Yeah. Sorry, David, I'm pretty sure it was They're the two court. Yeah. They're the two, um, they're the two tracks. Um, so I've, I've kind of been on both in, like, you know, client sort of shitty sort of drive day type things. It's not proper track kind of things. Um so to answer your question, why have I been so hesitant? I think I'm a little bit, a little bit wussy like you, a little bit sort of scared of actually catching the bug because you just sort of know that you're going to wind up going down this rabbit hole where you're just going to sort of wind up having to spend. I, and I have no idea. I've never looked into like how much track insurance costs. Yeah. Um, plus tires and brakes and, you know, like the whole kind of thing, plus the kind of wear and tear on your car. Um, so it probably is a little bit of that, but then, you know, like I said, to contradict myself, um, that's what Porsches are built for. So, you know, and if yeah. anything, a GT3 can handle that. So, Yeah, I, I, and they are. That's what they're built for, like you said. I think, though, I, I personally, I think based on um, no experience yeah. that I have on the track, I think I would still feel more comfortable finding, you know, like um, – Built by Jeff has done has bought that. I mean, I think he's had track experience on YouTube. Built by Jeff guy bought that yeah, really ugly boxster. boxster that yeah. was someone had done some crazy s- stuff to it. I think I'd still feel yep. more. And I think uh, James said the same thing from Melbourne. I think I'd, I think I would really seriously think about getting the cheapest boxster I could find, and just slowly like tweaking it and and just having it as the separate track car. I think I would feel more comfortable in doing that personally. And then you can put stupid livery on it. You can put the fucking, you know, the sorry, shouldn't swear. You put the thing on the on the side, you know, the donut and numbers, and put some crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I'd do it with my main car. I don't think I'd feel comfortable doing it with my main car. Don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, like because my GT3 isn't like it's in really good condition, but it's still you know like a what uh, twelve twelve year old car. And it, it, it has been on the track and you can tell by um, some of the kind of gravel rush underneath and all of that sort of stuff. Um, 
it's not like it's a brand new car that I would have worries about sort of, you know, some of that sort of stuff happening to it because it's already in that kind of condition. Um, so I can't really use that as an excuse to not really kind of um, do it. So how did you, when you, I forget what happened, when you bought your car, you knew that, that the guy had tracked it, right? You asked him and he said yeah, he had yeah. put it on the track. Not but you the guy really... I bought it from. Right. Not the guy I, did, I bought it from hadn't. He, he had only owned it for about a year. He, he told me that he did one, one day, but it was sort of more like advanced driver training kind of thing as opposed to like track track. Oh, so okay. like obviously there's kind of different degrees of, you know, when you sort of say track day. Um, you know, I think, again, like we talked about in the past, like my ideal is just to kind of ease into it and sort of not go when there's, you know, like um, where it's kind of really full on, more like a, sounds like a Burroughs drive days sort of, you know, in uh, groups of kind of skill and experience levels and you've kind of got um, instructors next to you. That's kind of like the ideal thing for me to kind of start off on. So the guy um, you bought it from when you bought your car, he only kept it for one year. I didn't realize that. So he, he just a year didn't, or two, yeah. he didn't enjoy it? No, he was moving overseas. Oh, he was moving he overseas. Was, right. he's a, um, he was a tech guy that um, landed a gig in um, Facebook. So he was moving to Silicon Valley. Um, okay. So he had to let go of his car. It wasn't the classic I'm moving overseas advertisement that most people say when they're selling a car. I'm moving overseas. Mm, yeah, no, he, he was. What is his that? Was what is that with? I mean, everyone, every article, every car for sale, everyone's moving overseas. I'm relocating overseas. Either Unexpectedly. That or it's uh, one, one lady driver or one yeah. um, elderly gentleman enthusiast, enthusiast driver. Like, see, oh, okay. see, with the current COVID situation, you can't say you're moving overseas because <laughs> is it yeah, really possible from Australia? You're not. Yeah. Um, but going back to the going back to the track days and the track car, um, James from Melbourne, who was on a few uh, owner stories ago, who had the cup cars and had the ninety four uh, turbo. Uh, James is a really nice guy. I just noticed uh, yesterday or the day before he's on Outlaw Garage now. Outlaw Garage is a channel on YouTube. I think the guy the guy used to be living in Dubai. He's got like a raw metal three five six. He does yep. videos about Porsches in Melbourne because I think he lives in Melbourne. I think he's originally from Perth because the guy I spoke to, um, Mark, that I spoke to, who's also got a YouTube channel also, by the way, with the 356, he he knows of him or knows him. Um, but there's a video up. You should check it out. Is uh, James is going through and showing his yellow cup car that we talked about in the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, so his outlaw garage has gone to his house and they've got the garage and he's talking about the car. I think there's a 924 in the video as well, which must be the new 924 that that James has bought, I think. Um, mm -hmm. So that's that's worthwhile to um, check that out, Steve. Yeah, cool. Um, um, sorry, just to round that out, like yep. um, from the original part was um, the good news is my mate's super happy. Um, it's really it's really fun to kind of watch somebody go through the whole kind of thing because he was obviously a bit nervous about the cash that he'd spent and all of that sort of stuff. And then, um, you know, um, driving enthusiastically early Sunday morning, following him around, car sounds great, blah, blah, blah. He gets out and he just kind of said, oh, like it's unreal. It's better than he thought that it was ever going to be. It's exceeded his expectations. Um, and, um, yeah, it's just kind of, um, it's, it, you just kind of get a little bit sort of excited and amped when you kind of watch somebody else go through all that. Um, so I'm, I'm waiting for you to go through that. Yeah, when I can get back to Sydney. 
And one other little update was um, the magnographic um, Wheelarchy protection things. That you mentioned last week that arrived, yeah. Yep, yep. They don't fall off. They're good. Oh, they don't fall off. So you took them and you left them on. They, they didn't end up on the old Pacific Highway somewhere. No. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't take them out then. I was a bit nervous about that, but I've gone for a couple of drives here and there, and um, they're good. They're, they're solid. Did you show your mate? Does he want them? No. I think last time he saw my car, I had the actual proper ones on. So, so yeah, he- I reckon he's going to... He's, I reckon he's going to, because um, he started to prod me about certain things that I'd done to my car, and he's going to get a big shove down the slippery. Oh, he's <laughs> going to get stuck. Is he going to start looking at the carbon and and stuff like that? Don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know if he's into all of that stuff, but he he could. He started asking me questions about certain things. So I think he's starting to appreciate the shit that I've done to my car. You, is he going to change the exhaust? Did you tell him you've got a few spare ones lying around if he needs to buy one? <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's came with one. I think really? it, like I, I crawled underneath to have a look at it. I think it's, I think it might be a fab speed one and it sounds really good. Like fab really speed. good. Now I remember going back to fab, fab, fab speed, Steve, you told mm, me mm. that you don't put fab speed on a Porsche because fab speed are only made for, for Ferrari. You remember no, saying that you to told me? me? You remember saying you that said to that me? In, <laughs> Come on, no. you remember? Yes, you did. You said that in a previous <laughs> podcast, and I corrected you then as well. You muppet! <laughs> you did. You said you're talking it, about said... the um, you're talking about the Tubi style thing. Oh, it's Tubi. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Why Tubi and Fabstein always sound the same? Tubi. Tubi's the Ferrari one. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. you get for your three two eight GTS if you're looking at buying one. It's a lovely car, 328 GTS. God, it's a nice car. I looked at prices of mm. them. I can't believe they're almost the same price as a 912. I, I just find that this Are is what really? I'm finding very hard. Yeah, that Steve, the 912 that was for sale, the slate grey one, which was the ideal 912, which was for sale in yep. Wales, which le- literally lasted four days, right? The yep. bare metal yep. rest- restoration. You know, I sent it to Ajmal. I sent it to a few people, you and a few other people. And that was 55,000 pounds. 55,000 pounds. A... 50,000, uh, what is it? 50,000 mile? 50,000 miles is about 80,000 kilometer. A 50,000 mile Ferrari 328 GTS is mm. right hand drive to not a left hand drive. I'm talking right hand drive. Yep. 59,000 pounds. So pretty much yeah. the same price. Um, of course, right. the 328s go up to 79, but the 912s also go up to 79. You know, as I said yeah. the other week, 912 Revival have a grey, slate grey 912 for sale for 79,000, almost 80,000 pounds. So this is where I get confused with values and pricing and I struggle a little bit as much as I love the 912. Don't get me wrong. And I yeah. think what Ajmal's yeah, yeah. done, getting the one for 30,000 pounds, still not cheap, you know, but, you know. But I struggle with the fact that a Ferrari, an 87 Ferrari, is the yep. same price as a 69, 65 to 69, well, not even a 65, the 65s have gone up in price, so 67 to 69, 912, yeah. um, and it's the same price. I, I don't know. I, True. I, I struggle, I struggle True. with that a little bit, and I know the Ferrari values are down and 912 prices are going up, um, but I also yep. think about... What Paul said about was it Paul that said it in last last in this podcast this week? You know, it's like what he calls the fashion the fashion Porsches that become like the nine six four. It's become like the fashion Porsche, and I I think the nine twelve is a little bit like that. Like the values have gone super inflated, and of course it's all relative and it's based on the nine eleven prices. We can keep coming back to that that the nine eleven E, the nine eleven T, you know, the T, Hmm. the E, the S um, are all you know expensive now. And I guess yep. people want to get into that shape. 
you know, and I think Paul said it, you know, when it's parked on the street, of course people are going to sit there and look at the 912, but he said you have to drive one. I mean, hmm. I don't know whether we spoke about this on the podcast or it was after it because I spoke to him for quite some time. I don't time think he spoke about that bit, yeah. Yeah, well, he was just saying that, you know, the comfort factor, the seats and how you feel in the car, you know, the biggest steering wheel, you know, you really yeah. have to, you have to really enjoy that because, yeah, you park it in the street, you know, behind the Ferrari or you park it behind another modern 911, people are going to look at it and people are going to love it because the shape is that iconic shape yeah. and it's such a cute car. But is yep. the driving experience and is the drive of it going to match up? And I mean, this is why we need to talk to Ajmal again because Ajmal's been driving his and Hattie's for some time and I'm also interested to talk to... I don't think Nick mm. in the UK that, that, that I want to get on, I don't think he's driven his 912 as much yet. I think it's still somewhere... I think it's past customs, but I think he may be getting stuff done with it, I think. Yep. Um, so that's what I'm interested in seeing. What the, You know, you see, you can watch Ajmal, you know, flat cap drivers' videos, Ajmal's videos on YouTube, and you can see yeah, what it's like in the car. Yeah, and, you know, it's, uh, don't get me wrong, I haven't changed my mind on it, but it makes you think, you know what I mean, Steve, when the buying process, like why these values are getting to a point, when is the value too much? You know. I think you need to weigh it up against the money too because I know that the reason why you're considering it and you're, you know, you're tempted by it and all that sort of stuff, you're not really kind of buying it purely on the driving experience. But, you know, like it'll get to the point where it's sort of like, oh, okay, so for like 120 Aussie, like is that does that driving experience kind of correlate to 120 kind of thing? And... To me, actually, this kind of segues nicely into the question that I've got for you, which I know you already know this question, but because um, I'd sort of go, so nice segue. Yeah, like it's just because it's just kind of getting to the point where it's a shitload of money, isn't it? And as beautiful as they are, you kind of want, like the more money you pay, you're kind of going to want the whole experience to be equally as good, like, you know, the, the more and more it kind of goes up. So it's a nice segue into the question I've kind of got for you because we kind of keep talking about all this sort of ideal stuff and I know you're kind of constantly hunting and thinking. But if I put it to you that at the moment you've got your 997 Carrera base, which is a lovely example of it, really low mileage, you know, like you've kind of done all these great things to it and it's, you know, like it's tip-top right now. If, if you had the choice between trading that car in and getting, say, like a 997.1 GT3, so mm. similar to mine and my mates, um, so I don't know what you got to tip in, like another, call it 100, a bit over 100 grand, like maybe 110, 120 for it. So you got to mm. trade it in. Bo- if you're at the bottom end of the GT3 prices, if you're, if you're looking at a GT3 for 200K, 997.1 GT3 if you get one for 200K, yeah. I doubt I would get, yeah. even though I think, you know, if I'm going to do the easy route and sell my car to a dealer, I'd say I'd probably still only get 80. You wouldn't do that. You'd sell it privately. But anyway, so just pretend that's one, that's one way of doing it, right? So your next move is you sell your 997 um, base Carrera for GT3 and you tip like your 110, 120 in, or... You hang on to your 997 Carrera and then you take your 110 or 120 and you go and buy yourself a 912. Um, Which way would you go? I think that I would buy the GT3. Mm-hmm. If, if I was in the, if, if I could, you know, drive it and enjoy it, I think I'd probably do the GT3 if I could only have one. Yep. Do you know what I mean? I don't think I could live, yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any way I could live with a 912 as my only car. 
Um, and I think Ajmal. That wouldn't shown. be your only car. You'd still have your 997. Oh, I'd have Crown. my 997. Yes. Oh, that's right. Sorry. 997 and a 912. It's a tricky one. I mean, I could go either way, to be honest. I mean, I guess I know, if because you, you keep pondering it, yeah, no, and I guess I guess if a if a really good nine nine seven point one GT three came up for around two hundred and twenty k, you know, and then, like one. I said, there's and a like a, one in Perth, isn't there? I don't think there's any at two twenty k. There's one that two forty k. That other one that one. popped up on the there's a guy on Porsche Forums Australia that's got like a thirty thousand. He won't sell that for with that ceramics. And he'll sell that for more that car. Maybe. I think you'll sell it for more, mate. I think I think mm. people want. I don't know. I know. I know that in on Porsche forums, they always say that people are overcharging for cars, but I think that they would still charge. They would still want more for that car. I saw that the silver one you said. I mean, I don't understand yeah. why the one on car sales or the silver GT3, the point one that looks really good to me, that this just sitting there, yeah. the one for two, two. I can't remember if it's two thirty nine, two forty nine. That one that you know. It's overpriced because it's two forty five. I think it was. 240, 245. Yeah, but then you got the point two guy that's still selling his for 319 or 310. Yeah. See, I think that's also overpriced. <laughs> see, yeah. you know, this is how crazy I am. I look at that 997.2. Yep. And honestly, if I could afford it, I would probably do a crazy thing and buy that car because it's yep. specced. I love the spec of it. I love how it's got the Alcantara on the on the bottom yep. of the uh, glove box and it's got the yeah, yeah. leather and it's got Lower the seats yep. and it's in white and I always like you know the GT3 to me looks always looks great in white like yours um, mm -hmm. and I know it's point two and you're more of a fan of the point one but I don't have a problem with the point two and no, that one know, to me I... is pretty pretty damn nice you know what I mean like it really is a nice nice example it's a really difficult question Steve because you know I, I really do think I really do think I need two cars and you know we talk about speaking about this during these COVID times, and I was when I was talking to David oh. yesterday on for, the, for upcoming Porsche stories. You know, like you don't want to say you want another car, and it sort of like feels like the wrong time to talk about this. But sure, I really sure, do. Sure. I really do feel like I need two Porsches. Why? Or I need two cars. <laughs> I'm not going to get onto my other thing because people are going to think I'm going crazy. I don't know. I think I need the you need the double the two experiences, and obviously, I think. See, I don't think you could you could have a GT3 and a 912 together. I think that that's it's too it's not a good balance. You know what I mean? I think the GT3 mm -hmm. and a 912 to me is not a good balance. I think if you had a GT3 and a 912, you'd need another one in between. Yep. Um, but I think if you have a 997 Carrera or Carrera S, even a Carrera GTS and a 912, then I think that's okay. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. But then you're at, you're in, you know, you, you're talking about more money to change over. So you buy a 912. Exactly. You'd buy a 912. <laughs> well, all of a sudden, from my yeah. hypothetical, you buy you've nine, won the loss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you buy a 912, you sell a 997, and maybe you find, you know, can't buy a 997 GTS because, like I said, I wouldn't buy one in PDK, and PDK are only available in Australia. That's what was so good about yep. Paul's, that it was a six speed manual that he purchased from the UK, which you can in New Zealand, but you can't do that in Australia when they're, unless you're, you know, relocating or whatever. Um, but even even so, at like if the last one went for over two hundred, that's mental. I don't. I um, I'm not shitting on GTSs, but like at the same kind of money, like you get a GT3. Yeah, but I don't know. You always say the GT3s are two hundred, but they're not really two hundred, are they? I mean, they're a bit more mm -hmm. than two hundred, like two twenty. <laughs> depends which one you're talking about. <laughs> it really depends which one you're talking about. But. Look, I don't know. The you know and, was... and then the other thing I think about, you know, the 997 Carrera, I love my car. 
and you know, I, yeah. I would like to keep it. You know, do I yes. get? Do you buy? You know, and this is the other question. Hang on. The first, the first scenario is: Do you get the keep the nine the nine nine seven stay in the nine nine seven generation? But do yeah. I get a nine nine seven? Do I try to find a really good nine nine seven point two S? Right in manual two. 997.2. To replace your... <laughs> yeah, to replace my Carrera. So do I get a 997.2 Carrera S, which are sitting about 150, 160 Australian? But then that's getting no. close to GT3 price. But then, you know, no. 160 plus 90 <laughs> for a 912, then that's 250. You know what I mean? It's still cheaper than buying it. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of see, oh, see all these scenarios and I try to work it yeah, out. And yeah, this yeah, is the I fun of, you know, when you think you can buy it. Or then do you... You know, or then I was basically giving you a hundred and like call it about hundred and twenty grand to play with, and uh, I was kind of trying to narrow your options down because I knew you'd answer the way that you just have. Yeah, so <laughs> which I, still is, I don't really know. You're all over the shop. But... Or do you get? Or do you go completely off center? And do you just you know like what James told me? Do you look for an SC? And do you get an SC? You know? Yeah. And then last sure. night I'm I'm listening to Magnus Walker on Magnus Walker Live with um, on Instagram with um, the guy from Porsche Atlanta. And he's saying he's he's on the hunt for a nine four four silver rose, uh, and yeah. and it's just funny that there's actually a nine four four turbo S silver rose for sale on car sales, which has been for sale for a while, which is fifty thousand sort of slightly pinky color. Yeah, thing? it's pink and it's got pink sort yeah. of tartan interior and pink yeah, dash. Yeah. It's like full on right, but it was that limited yep. turbo S. And there's actually one for yep. sale in Australia. It's been for sale for a while. I think it's fifty fifty or fifty nine thousand Australian dollars. Something like that, right. you know. And right. you think, yeah, that's, is that a good end? Is that something to do? You know, because the nine twelve is is getting to the point where it's so expensive. Is that something to do? You know what I mean? There's so many options in Porsche, and this is the thing about when you <laughs> when you start getting hooked into the brand, like we all are, and you know, yep. you start thinking, oh, I didn't think about that one. You know, oh, I didn't think yep. about the nine two four turbo until I started talking to James, and he was telling me how great it was and how nimble it was, and you know, and it's like. Where do you stop? And this, I can see why people become Porsche collectors and, and, and have these huge collections because, honestly, where do you stop, you know, if, if, if you the have money. the means? I suppose it's a different world, yeah, yeah if you've got the means, exactly. Yeah, there's so many different ways to go. But to answer that question, Steve, I really don't know. I mean, I really hmm. wanted GT3, you know that, and, and, yeah, <clears> and yeah. I keep thinking it's either 997.1 or 0.2 um, mm -hmm. uh, or... I mean, there is that 996 GT3 for sale on, on car sales in Australia for 179, the 0.2, which is mm -hmm. quite a beautiful example, actually. Did you yeah, see that is, one? That's is. a really nice yep, example. Did. It's kind yep. of tempting, but I still think I would prefer a 997. And obviously, yep. the next step up is, is the 901.2 GT3 in manual. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the two but choices. But over 300 grand, yeah. But do I keep the 997 Carrera and get a 912? That was the plan. I'm kind of rethinking that plan now, whether that works perfectly for me. I'll explain to you why the question or the way that I kind of see the conundrum. It's a fun conundrum, but... Or, yep. tempted by Paul's episode, do I keep the 997 Carrera and do I get a Ferrari 328 GTS? Oh, yeah. And then yeah. You, but you, you have one Porsche, one Ferrari. Is Not that something? That. You know, it's, yep. There's so many options here, you know what I mean? I'll put it to you, so the way that I was trying to kind of, like in my brain, think about it was that if you were going to kind of go, okay, like, I'm not sort of saying that um, there's anything wrong with your career or anything like that at all, but if you're still just kind of horsing around and you've got a little bit of money to burn, 
to me, the, your option is to, in, in thinking about something like a GT3, you're getting a bump in performance and kind of thrills from where you're at right now. Yeah. Um, or you either stay at that, stay at the, you, you still got performance, obviously. Um, you stay at that level and then you kind of, add to the mix sort of more like the kind of, you know, more classic kind of experience and all of that sort of stuff. But I would have thought, not that I should speak on your behalf, but um, eh, that it's probably a more interesting way to go to get a taste for kind of a little, a bit more kind of performance before you go back to the, um, the sort of truly vintage stuff. Right. So you say go up the chain, go up the chain and get something more, more special. More finely tuned. More performance. More, more performance. like more speed, more grip, more like all of that kind of stuff. Get a taste for that before you then kind of go. Yeah. You're gonna get the appreciation for like the kind of um, the sort of true classics. A little bit like you know what um, I think um, what Spike was sort of saying. Jerry had sort of said to him, you know, like you kind of going all out first and then you'll start to kind of get a true appreciation for something as old as a three, five, six or whatever else. Yeah. Um, like in a more every man day sort of every man sort of way, as opposed to, I'm not sort of saying you've got to go and get a Carrera GT or a, you know, a GT two first. No, it's Um, a, it's a good, it's a good dilemma to be in. I mean, yeah, you know, obviously, <laughs> obviously, I, a fun I, conversation. You know, and, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, but I can't afford to do the changeover if I wanted to do it. Yeah, um, yeah, my problem yeah. is yeah. I think about it for probably too long. Um, mm. And just say you're right. I mean, if I sold my Carrera and prices of 997s are on the rise in Australia, it seems from what I've mm. seen, they have actually gone up a lot in the last six months. Um, yep. So just say I could get you 90. Get good money for your car. Say I could get 90 yep. if I did a private sale. You know, yep. and if I did a private sale, there'd be 90. You're right. I'd have to add in, oh, 130. Let's just say a 220,000 GT3. I'd have to yep. load in 130. Now, 130, yep. you know, is getting up there with the, with the really good 912s. Once you get, and, and I'm talking about buying it in the UK, yep. getting it shipped across yep. or buying it in the US. US prices seem to be higher because US prices are getting up to 50,000 US dollars or whatever. And then by the time you ship it, it's not that much, but let's just say by the time you do compliance in Australia, you know, you're getting close to the same amount of money, similar, similar yep. money. Yep. So, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one, and I can't work it out at the moment. I really don't know. Um, hmm. I really don't know. It's I a think, fun, it's a fun really, thing to think about. Yeah, it is. And I, I have to say, I think as a three-car collection, and I know we've always talked about this three-car collection thing, and we've never really spoken about it that much. I think what Paul hmm. in New Zealand has is a really nice mix you know, because he's got that 3.2 Carrera. It's in guards mm-hmm. red. You know, it's got that nice interior with that piping seats. It looks like from the yep. image. Um, yep. It's a G50 gearbox. It's got the, you know, it's the right, it's the right car. You know what I mean? Yep. And yep. then he's got the sort of modern, modern 911 with the 997 GTS, six speed as well. You know, it's, it's a car you can drive every day, but you can take it on the track, which he's shown. Yep. And then, you know, for something, and I'm not saying it's flashy, because I don't think, even though it probably is flashy. Ferrari's not flashy. And then he's got the Ferrari 328 GTS. And I have to admit, the GTS is one of those cars which I think has to be on anyone who's interested in Porsche's radar. And I say that because at the time, and we we did talk about this on the podcast, Steve, it is comparable Mm. to 
to the SCs and the 3.2 Carreras at the time. It was something that was, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was like, you, you know, I want to get a 3.2 Carrera or I want to buy the Ferrari. And I think, that, I don't know at the time what the price difference was, um, but I think maybe the Ferrari was more expensive, I think. It would have been by quite some margin, wouldn't it? So but the Ferrari's, Ferrari's probably aren't. more expensive. So that's why now it comes yeah. to the point when people are talking about this, and I think Matt Farah said it because he bought that black 328 GTS. Yeah. Yep. You know, where the 3.2 Carrera... Is, is going to cost you more, and it is going to cost you more because I've worked it out, would cost me more to get yes. a 3.2 Carrera G50 than it does to get a yep. 328 GTS Ferrari. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And then you watch videos on YouTube and people say the experience in the in the GTS is, you know, is, is better than an experience in a 911 Targa. Now, I don't know if that's true or not because I haven't driven either of them. Different, right? But it's just different. Yeah, I mean, Paul enjoys his. I mean, and I think it's a nice compliment to your, you know, the two Porsche garage with that Ferrari. You know, you see the pictures of the GTS with it that, that he gave me with the Ferrari, which I think I put on Instagram. And it looks great yep. together. You know, it's, it's yep. you know, and I think you have to think about that. You Sometimes you have to think outside the lines and say, you know, I'm a Porsche guy and I love Porsches, but I can also like a Ferrari. You know what I mean? Because there oh, is similarities. Yeah. No, 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 absolutely. Um, you know. You can start throwing other kind of cars in the mix if you want to. Um, you know, you know but- like that question, that question about like basically giving you 120, 120 grand to play with, that's um, definitely not sort of exclusive to Porsches. You can go and buy whatever you want with that 100 yep. whatever. Or do, um, or do, I, you know, or do you say sell a 997, get a very well sorted mm-hmm. 912, you know, like that slate grey one that was nut and bolt restoration, like a really nicely sorted one. And mm-hmm. then get another car, which is a performance type car, which is not a Porsche. But see, then such you as know, well, then the thing is, what would you buy if you buy like a one M or an M two or something, or M two competition yeah. or something like that? But then you, you're in the money where you may as well just buy another Porsche. You know what I mean? It's not. They're they're great, but I don't think they're kind of special enough. And I think you would miss the I'm, just sort of like the kind of still the super kind of classic 911 sort of experiences like my uncle you know he kind of he didn't have a 911 um in the garage for quite a while he had a whole bunch of other kind of things and um i think it he's missed it because not just of the experience but because it's still like um an everyday kind of sports car, like you can get your thrills, yeah. but it's still practical, all that sort of stuff. His wife's happy to kind of jump in the car, you know. No, um, yeah. You, you would, I don't think you'd get that from a 912 if that was your only 911 in your garage. And I refer to your uncle, and I mean, you know, the fact that he had mm. the 430, you know, and he loved that, he yeah. obviously liked the car and he enjoyed it. But, you know, you are, like you said, you are on show, you know what I mean? Um, mm. And I think Paul said the same thing, you know, in the beginning it's fun and then in the end it gets a little bit to the point where it gets a little bit, I think he said this. Where's a bit thin? Where it gets a bit annoying, you know what I mean, where people want to take photos yeah, yeah. of your car and they want to talk to you. You know, there's there's also that side of it, you know what I mean? There is that side of it. Uh, my uncle hated that. He, he, he genuinely kind of got to the point where he really didn't enjoy that and I think that's why he that's sold also it, right? why. Well, it wasn't just that. I think it was because my aunt... Um, disliked it even more because, you know, like um, just the attention. So it got to the point where she just didn't really want to ride in the car with him. And then, you know, like if you're sort of, um, you know, semi-retired, you've kind of, you know, you've got a bit more time in your hands to kind of go on nice little day trips and stuff like that. But every time you kind of go, hey, let's go for, you know, a two-hour drive up somewhere and go and have a picnic, 
but she refuses to kind of get in the Ferrari because she doesn't like the attention. He's right. not going to go and drive by himself, so he's lost, you know, like all the opportunities to enjoy it. Um, yeah. So then he's kind of stuck driving to Bunnings by himself yeah, yeah. <laughs> rather than kind of, you know, taking the car out for a nice drive with his I, missus. Like, I guess with your uncle, he's got a few cars. Um, hmm. And I guess I, I think what's hard, and this sounds like, you know, first world problems, but I think what's hard yeah, sure. is when you're trying to narrow it down to two cars, I think you're always going to struggle. You know what I mean? And I think for me it's still... Like you said, when you said you everyone you know you want to have a nine eleven in the garage, I think you're right. I, you know, that's why I always thought the nine nine seven Carrera with the nine twelve with a classic, you know, and just say mm. maybe it isn't a nine twelve. Like I said, it's an SC or it's a, you know, or it's yep. a um, three point, you know, an yep. early um, G series nine eleven that's not so expensive. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah. that's yep. the thing. But if it's a three car garage, then it becomes a lot easier. You know what I mean? <laughs> because it does, doesn't yep. it? Because you know that the GT three is one. You know that a classic a 912 or an SC or something like that or a SC Targa yep. or something is is another. And then yep. the third third Porsche, then maybe it's a more modern type Porsche. You know what I mean? Maybe it is a 991 I can GTS answer that one for you because that was going to be... Yeah, maybe it is a 992 Carrera S, you know, like a very easy car to drive, very... You know, maybe that's the perfect thing, a 992 Carrera S. Well, you, you offline had asked that question about like it potentially being a podcast topic. So I'll, I'll throw in mine. Like you're right. It would have been a 997, like a 0.1 to my car. Um, I'd be more than happy with. And this is sort of like, yep. again, not, not Uber rich Spike Ferriston style. This is just us kind of talking like that an old air cooled thing. So yes, like a SC or I don't think I'd go as old as a 912 kind of thing. I'd probably want to, um, be more in sort of um, G50 gearbox or an SC or something like that. So probably more like a 80s, yeah. um, an 80s 911. And then I'd throw a Boxster Spider in the mix. Yeah, Boxster Spider, new one or old one? Um, GT4 one, 4.0. Yeah, either that. Um, so, yeah, GTS kind of for... Four liter or the previous, um, the previous iteration, like something like that. Again, like if we're not kind of being silly about winning lotto and we're just kind of trying to be yeah. vaguely realistic. No, I think I think the spider's a good choice. I just think the spider's. Mm. I, I just find it too. Exp- I know it's not that expensive, and I I know that Porsche down in Melbourne had one for two twenty, like a brand new one. You know what I mean? The new spider, mm. the four point mm. spider, four point right? Four four liter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had one, I think, for 220 with the box to spider interior with the red and everything. And it's a lovely car. And by all reviews, it drives fantastic. And I think that's a good choice, that one. I think even if, the previous gen, though, the, even yep. the one that wasn't developed by the GT kind of division, that would, um, you know, I'd, even sort of like a six cylinder, like the 3.2 um, box to S kind of thing, like the last of before they kind of brought the four. The four liter back, I reckon that'd be a great car to have in the mix. If you if you upgraded your GT3 to a GT3 RS, right? <laughs> yeah. What would you have as your second one? Would you have something like a Boxster? Mm. Would you have like a classic? Would you have just a normal 997? What would you have? No, I reckon I'd go air cooled. I'd probably go air cooled first. Um, it seems though from air cooled and and. I'm not going to refer. I know everyone say oh, I keep referring to Magnus Walker, but Magnus Walker said it. I think Spike mm. said it. I think Zuckerman said it. It seems like the 73 911s, and anyone who has mm-hmm. a classic, let me know on DMs and Instagram and tell me if this is the case. It seems like 73 911Es 
And 73.5 model year 911T is like people are saying are the pick. I think Spike said the 911T. I know Magnus Walker always talks about the 73E. He says the torque and the power band is much better than the S. The S is always is the more powerful. Um, mm-hmm. But he says that the balance, balance-wise, he reckons that 73E is, is the pick. To him, it's the pick. Mm-hmm. And last night I thought was interesting. And this is, you know, talking about car choices and, and not Porsche choices. Um, he said that the car he is, really enjoys driving so much and he always goes to it at the moment is his 928. 928? Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was interesting, the 928. I mean, he's got an early 78 one and I think an, an older mm-hmm. one as well, but he says he really enjoys mm-hmm. driving that car. I think maybe out of the 944s and 924s, that's, that's what he was saying was the pick, but he, has that, he said he does right. really enjoy driving that car. Um, so I don't know if the 73 and the 911, the 911E is the one, and the, the 73 and a half, I think Spike said, for the 911T was the pick. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe there's something with that 73 model year in the 911 that is, you know, that is a bit more special. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I don't know yeah. when you look at prices of them, are the 73s more expensive? Maybe they are. Because I know the 74, no I know the 74 is, is some people say the 74 is, has got issues. I remember that because there's a 74 left-hand drive for sale at the moment. And I, I, I remember reading a few places that the 74 had some issues. I'm not sure what they were. I don't know enough about it, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. we're just, we're just, you know, what are we doing? Chewing the fat dreaming fantasizing fantasizing <laughs> sort of. but you know i still think I, I really do still think and I, I i think you know i think what ajmal's got with the 996 and the 912 is not a bad combination do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um obviously mm-hmm. he got into it uh, really really cheap um i just wanted to mention that actually because um ajmal didn't tell me and i want people to go and check it out if they have a chance um as you remember, Ajmal from Flat, Flat Cap Driver, Flat Cap Driver is how people know him. I don't know if people know his name is Ajmal, but um, Ajmal has got that 996, which was the cheapest 996 in the UK, Steve, remember? Mm-hmm. Um, the other mm-hmm. night, a couple of nights ago, he sent me, um, he's actually in, he had an article written about him in 911 and Porsche magazine. So if you subscribe to that magazine or if you get it, you should read, uh, see if you can search it out. It's October 2019 edition. Um, his car's mm-hmm. on the cover. Um, I think he put a post on a forum and then the editor contacted him. Um, so I, 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 when, next time we have Ajmal on, I want to talk about this actually because uh, he's mm. going to come back on the podcast and I want to talk about this 996 again. Um, but basically yeah, cool. it was like, you know, his thing about buying that car and I think this is, uh, this, is, this is sort of in my mind because I'm talking to people about owner's stories and a lot of people are buying 996 as Steve and obviously for a lot mm-hmm. more than Ajmal bought it for because he bought it as an yeah. everyday car. He wanted to recoup all the costs after selling. I think initially he was saying he was going to keep it for a year, right? He wanted to never mm-hmm. keep it for, have the 911 or live for, for a year. I think he's had it longer than mm-hmm. that now. Mm-hmm. He wanted to recoup all his costs. Uh, like he said, he, and like we said before, he, I think it was advertised at 9,000. He got it for 6,500 pounds, which is insane. Uh, yes, it had 140-odd thousand miles on it, you know, but even if you were buying that at a normal rate, it should have been... 10 for a really rough one, I think, at the time. And I think it was about 15 yep. if you buy them from a dealer or a sorted manual. You know what I mean? And he yep. bought it without yep. driving it too. He bought it without driving it. Um, yep. But then again, when you're spending that much money, you know, the experience he's getting and you watch his videos on YouTube, the, the experience is still there. And I think that's great that you – I keep coming back to this thing about getting into the brand. And is it that bad if you just find a really cheap, high-mileage one, you know, should you take it? And I think the answer is yes. Um, yeah. I think so, but the catch to it is that if you have a bad first experience because the car turns out to kind of, you know, 
have lots of issues and you just have to kind of sink money into it, then that, um, for sure, like from a pure driving thing, like no, 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 9-11 is a bad 9-11. You're always going to enjoy it. But if you then just kind of throw in the ownership experience, if that bit, like if the car's unreliable or it starts to kind of cost you a shitload of money um, because it was cheap from the beginning or, and stuff like that. And, and this was your first Porsche. That's probably not the best. <laughs> yeah, it's probably yeah. not the best introduction to the brand. Yeah, it's it's a dilemma, isn't it? It's a dilemma of getting mm. the right. Like, how much do you pay based to how much it's going to cost you? You know, where's the happy? Where's that happy medium? You know what I mean? And how mm. many years do you want to wait? You know what I mean? Do you just want to get in there now? I know it's you it don't want. Just, your first it seems experience. like it's going to get harder and harder though. Yeah, it does. Just isn't the price it? is kind of escalating. Yeah, and, and you don't want your first experience to be awful. So, like, yes. you know, how long do you wait? And this is, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. You know what I mean? Mm. And I know mm, sometimes absolutely. when you're wanting a 911 and you can't get one, it feels like it's never going to happen. Um, that's why, you, you know, sometimes you have to change well, your, your barriers. Sometimes, excuse me, you have it's to change your borders. That. My cousin, um, same side of the family uh, as my uncle that we keep sort of talking around, um, He's a mad car person too, same side of the family, but he's into his Volkswagens. You know, he's had numerous GTIs. He's got a Golf R. He's got, you know, wife and two little kids as well and all that sort of stuff. But he ca- he keeps kind of playing with his cars. He keeps sort of um, updating it every couple of years and stuff like that. And um, both myself and my uncle keep saying to him, it's like, you stop dicking around and just, you know, go and get yourself a Porsche. Like even if it's an old one because you'll stop kind of craving, you'll stop kind of, you know, trying to chase like all these kind of other things like, you know, um, chipping your turbo cars and stuff like that. It's just a different kind of experience and we guarantee that you'll really enjoy it. Um, But he keeps sort of saying, oh, but I can't afford it. And um, I guess the longer it goes, the harder it is going to be to kind of get into it, which is a pity for kind of, you know, proper rev heads kind of thing. But once you get one, you never turn back. And I think that's the problem exactly. is like you get a hot hatch yeah. and you try to mod it and make it like a Porsche. It's never going to be a Porsche. You know what I mean? It's a completely different thing. Um, different thing, yeah. And once you're yeah. in a Porsche and, you know, David that I spoke to. Hard to, to go back. Really yeah, David, hard to go back. who's coming in a future episode, when I spoke to him, he said, you know, like, what was it like in that first drive? And I'm giving away part of his story, but I'm sure it's, it's okay. But he, you know, mm-hmm. he looked through the rear vision mirror. You know, it hadn't really sunk mm. in. He walked lift, walk, looked through the revision mirror and then he sees the Porsche sticker on the back of the window. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, that Porsche mm-hmm. sticker that's on mine. Is, and it's like, then it just yeah. sunk in. It's like, I'm driving, I'm driving, I'm driving a 911. Like I've done it. I've got it. Yeah, yeah. Especially when yeah. you've been waiting for so long, you know, been waiting for 20 years to get one or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and like you said, the enjoyment that you got out of it from helping your friend and then seeing his mm. enjoyment when he's driving it. And I guess you had that same enjoyment when I bought mine, you know, that I've been talking about it for yeah, so long yeah, and I eventually had one. You know what I mean? And you knew you could see how hmm. happy I was, you know, anxious and happy at the same time. And yeah, I, and, but then you're kind of busting because, like, when your mates or your family or whatever um, are doing all of these things, then you kind of go, cool, now that you've got one, like, now we can kind of go on drives and we can talk about all the same sort of shit. We can talk about the same sort of mods and yeah. all of this sort of stuff that other people think that we're talking another language, but yeah. it's just, like, all-consuming and you kind of just have this whole new kind of fun. Yeah, it's fun. And that's what most people yeah. get in the brand say, you know, that, you know, that they meet so many people. So many people are so friendly. 
you know, the community around Porsche, you know, this podcast, you know, the thing that we're doing, Steve, you and I, that we sort of don't think much of, the thing we're doing with the community is people really enjoy it. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? People really enjoy yeah. it. And it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, and this is what it's all about. And that's what's great about the, you know, we're not doing an ad for Porsche, but that's what's great about Porsche. It really is. I mean, you mm. know, it really, really is. And in general, most people are very nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you've talked uh, the the owner chats thing that you've been doing. You've been um, obviously talking to some really, they sound like really cool kind of people. Um, you know, like we kind of laugh about um, offline the fact that um, there's all these people that are like possibly back in Sydney that when you kind of come back, <laughs> you, there's there's potentially kind of like a group of people to kind of go on a drive with and I'm not great with strangers. I but, think, no, um, but I think that's a good idea though. It's like a we can yeah. do a Porsche cooled cars and coffee. Hmm. Oh. Um, David yesterday <laughs> was, business? David yesterday was saying that when we go, you know, I was saying how I want to go, I want to do a drive up north and I want to do a drive down south. I think it was David. It hmm. could have been David or Paul. Um I think it was David yesterday. He said, you know, maybe you should organise a, um, you know, you can, you know, organise a thing down here, a get-together, you know what I mean? Yep. yep. In Sydney, we're definitely going to do it. I think we have to do it because, you know, we <laughs> Craig and Justin yep. and, you know, I think we definitely do it. And there's a couple of other people that I've been talking to. Um, there's, there's another person I've been talking to on Instagram. I won't mention his name. Another guy on Instagram who's got a 996 GT3, which I sent you the images of, who listens to the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Which is a yeah, fantastic yep. car. Uh, into watches yep. like me as well and you. I mean, you know, this yep. it, it, it I think what it is, Steve, is is that it's not always easy to meet like minded people. And and this this thing called Porsche makes us meet like minded people. And then the the diggy the further you deep, it's like we have other similarities and other interests that are that cross over. Hmm. Um hmm. you know, so it's it's fun. And I know you're, look, you're looking forward yep. to it. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you going oh, yes. for a drive with um, the guy from the upholstery store in Sydney? I, don't, I won't mention the name just John. in case. Yeah, weren't you going with a drive with them, with their Porsche group? Uh, no, you just mentioned that the next time he kind of, um, he because he's got like a little um, uh, baby daughter similar age to um, mine. So we were just sort of trading stories and he just sort of said to me once that he kind of woke up early one morning <laughs> and just sort of needed to kind of clear his clear his head so we went down um you know down south through the national park and well, he we could just, were just sort of trading he could just stories message and he you. sort of said to me well that's what he said he said oh look next time i'm going to go and do that i'll give you a buzz it's like yeah man like completely cool you'd be awake i will be <laughs> <laughs> um i saw yeah. that sportomatic thing at john at holland cars in sydney the one you were telling me about that was coming out the yellow one yeah i think it was about one hundred thirty thousand. Yeah. but it's sportomatic though has he sold I- it I don't know. I saw it up on his site. I think he's got another. He's got another Porsche there that looked interesting too. I forget what it is. I think it's a silver one. Um, but the, the Sportomatic six. Yeah, possibly. He, I just want- he sort of did a. He had a nine nine six um, that he's kind of done the interior up and put that kind of crazy um, Carrera sort of fabric. Oh, in I don't know. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. I just want to go back very quickly because we have to leave. We're at. We're, at, we're over an hour. Um, but. Yep. Going back to your friend that bought the GT3, um, as mm. we discussed, mm. he was going to buy the turbo that was for sale in uh, Interstate, right? He was going to buy a turbo, yep, 996 it. turbo. Yep. And obviously yep. the difference between a 996 turbo and a GT3 in Australia is about a good 996 turbo and a GT3 is probably $60,000 Australian, roundabout. Yeah, yep. So obviously you're paying yep. a lot more. But I reckon, don't you think that 
now he's got the GT3, he's probably looking back and thinking, I'm glad I didn't get the turbo. He said, he literally said that. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I'm so glad I got the GT3. And it's like, yeah, I could have told you that too. But like, obviously it's not my money to spend or whatever. Like I just assumed that, you know, like when you're kind of working to a budget, like if you're going to ask somebody like me, <laughs> what do you think I'm going to sort of say to you? Go buy a GT3, of course. Well, if you can afford it, go and get one. You know one. what I mean? Like if my budget's 150, my budget isn't 220. Yeah. <laughs> my budget yeah, then, or 200. My budget is 150. Exactly. You know what I mean? But if, if, your, if your budget is 150, I'm not going to tell you go yeah. buy go and buy a 997 GT3. I'd probably tell you to go and consider a 996 GT3 versus like a 996 Turbo. Yeah. Like at least it's a little bit closer, and you probably have to stretch a little bit more. But what? it's not kind of you're not they're, they're, you're not going to cross shop those two things. But no, that's what I was thinking it, when I the 996 GT3 that's 179. Yeah. I thought, well, that's a kind of progression you would yeah. go from. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? You would go, oh, I got 150. Maybe I can push it for 180. Even then it's a bit of a stretch and there's a 996 GT3. But then I'm going to go to, you know, what most GT3s in Australia are over 200 in 997. Yeah. So you've, you've jumped up a lot. Your budget all of a sudden has become like, what is my budget? You know? Yeah. And I'm moving my hands uh, out. And obviously. What is my budget? Um, it's sort of like me taking the piss out of you as in terms of like, Obviously, in a very fortunate situation where if you can kind of afford it, then like you know, absolutely all credit to you, and you, everybody kind of works hard for their kind of um, their passions and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> so, but he was he he sort of said, "Oh man, like I'm so glad I kind of got this. Like um, you know, it was worth all of all of that sort of stuff." And it's like, yeah, absolutely. Like it, I, I'm pretty certain that you know, like. Nine out of ten, or ten out of ten people are going to go between those two things. If you're shopping for a weekend fun car, and yep. it doesn't need to be practical, and there's all these other kind of parameters, because yep. it's, all, it's it's still about the purpose of the car. But the, the GT3 is going to be the more fun. Yep. It's going to be the more fulfilling kind of option. Absolutely. And as we say, you know, you buy to your budget. But if your budget is not that budget <laughs> very then, 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 yeah. <laughs> buy it towards your budget but don't don't yeah. wait too long don't be like me and sitting on the fence for a while um but my yeah. situation is different because i am sort of you know transient mm, yours is harder because you're, like yeah, you're not always i keep yeah. saying to my wife natasha with i feel like a gypsy at the moment i don't want to be transient anymore yeah but anyway fair. but yeah we are lucky enough that we can actually do it my problem is i like i like saving money and i like to see the balance grow so when it when I have to take it out of there. Saving, right? what's that? But then saving is not a good investment. This is the problem. Porsches are. Mm, yeah, it's weird how that's kind of become a thing where yeah. it's a good investment. So you've got another um, you've got another um, bit of ammunition when you're sort of talking to your, um, your better half about it. Yep, cars or <laughs> cryptocurrency. That's the thing, one or the other. Wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> is that still a thing, is it? I've been looking into it, actually, but that's another story. Um, yeah, all right, right, mate, let's call it a day. Let's call it an episode. Yeah, cool. This is an episode. This is – what number episode is this? Does everyone know? This is number f- – I don't put the episode numbers on the podcast, but they come up on Apple. This is number 58, if you guys are interested. We're up mm-hmm. to number 58, which is insane when I think about it now, Steve, but anyway. You, uh, you've been working hard, mate. We keep talking. Two, two a week is a lot of work. Yeah, I've got – Three to edit now with this one, so I've got three to get out of the way editing, but I, I don't have to rush well, the I other two. I can help you with it if you want. I don't have to rush the other two. Um, I've got time. I'll do it over the weekend. Cool. I'll do it over the weekend. It's called could. All right. Thanks, Steve. All right, mate. I'll see no you soon. Take care. Have, yep. a good, have a good week. Yep, you too. It's cold here. You can see in the background, it's, it's 
so cold. I've actually got like a sweat on today because I'm actually cold. Yeah, I'm just walk around in my t-shirt. Um, all right. Thanks, everyone. Uh, cool. Thanks for listening to the Porsche School podcast. That was Steve all the way from Sydney via Zoom. I hope the sound's okay today. It's been pretty good lately with us, but I hope it is. Um, that's it for now. Uh, thanks for listening and bye for now. Bye.